Port St. Lucie, the talk of the Treasure Coast. Opinions expressed are those of the program host and guest and not WPSL. WPSL does not endorse products that are mentioned. Any reproduction or rebroadcast is strictly prohibited without written consent of WPSL. This show is for informational purposes. It should not be assumed that the methods and techniques presented in this show will be profitable or will not result in losses. Please consult your broker or financial specialist before you make any investment decisions. The Bill Chippis Show. You, your money, and the investment opportunities today for a successful tomorrow. This listener interactive weekly show gives you, the listener, an opportunity to call in and ask your personal investment questions to show host investment specialist Bill Chippis. Making practical sense and sensible understanding of today's volatile stock market and removing the mystery of commodities trading. Call in now to WPSL at 340-1590, 340-1590, and talk to Bill Chippus. And now, here's Bill. Hello, Treasure Coast. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bill Chippus Show. It's your money. Give us a call here at 772-340-1590. We'll try to answer your questions about a particular stock or an investment market commodity. Gold, silver, crude oil. We'll talk about all of that today. We'll get some economic data here this morning. We'll bring in Mike King from Princeton Research, the economist. Try to make sense of everything that's going on in the economy. We'll also have Charles Moskowitz on the show from Princeton. And he'll give some ideas about stock market uh, direction. And mm-hmm. in particular, some ideas about some stocks to look at. And so just give us a call, 772-340-1590. Go to PrincetonResearch.com, get a copy of the weekly market strategies newsletter. It's available at PrincetonResearch.com. And uh, starting today, Greg, as we go into you know this afternoon, two things we have to make sure of. Get a flashlight. That's right. Because you don't want to be in the same situation that India has, where 10% now of the world's population was actually out of power today. We want to welcome all of our new viewers and listeners in India, if, yeah. you, if you have a generator, that is. That's right. And, of course, the solar flare today that's supposed to knock 11 out 11 o'clock, straight up, Eastern time. Yep. So, uh, and, of course, there's possibility of we're entering hurricane season now down here in South Florida. So you do, and this is serious, you do want to make sure your hurricane supplies are all stocked up. And that's uh, I mean, it's a very a serious, serious thing, thing yeah. here. Uh, as we go into August and September and October, we're going to hit our prime. It does have a chance to escalate uh, a little and bit. There is a little August. bit of a wave out there that we have. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's going to be a rainstorm this week. But yeah. nothing to be very uh, concerned about yep. right now. Um, as the only thing the concern is today for a lot of folks is what's going on in the economy. Uh, the Dow Jones, which is a good indicator of the economic activity in the country, is near uh, a big high. So it's 13,041, and the market's acted well over the last few weeks. Uh, the euro, which everybody wants to know what's going on in Europe, it's a little bit lower today at 122.75. And uh, gold this morning, which, of course, a lot of people are in gold these days, that's down about a dollar at 13.22. Uh, silver today is sitting at 28.04, and crude oil is 88.46, down a dollar 34. Excuse me. Gold is what is it? Gold 16.22. Right. 16. Gold is 16. Well, it's on its way to 13. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm thinking next year's prices, guys. I I, I made a mistake. Gold 16.22. Down a dollar seventy. Crude oil is eighty-eight forty. Down a dollar thirty-four. Unleaded gas for September delivery is two seventy-eight, and we're looking for the Federal Reserve to increase some quantitative easing between now and September, and we're looking for the central bank in Europe to do all it can to support the eurozone. So, which means whatever they're going to do. They're going to buy more black, black helicopter drops. I what whatever they're going to do. Whatever it is. Yeah. Spain needs to ask for a bailout. They need to formally ask for it. The German finance ministry today has said that they don't think the, the, the ESFM 
needs a banking license. So all the stuff that was spoken about last week is now kind of being reversed a little bit. We'll see what the central banks do, but it is one of those periods of time where markets can be choppy. So the Dow has resistance, 13,300 now, and its support is right here at 13,000 if the market's going to maintain its stability and try to lurch towards another August uh, move up. End of the month, today, window dressing. If the Dow falls down, support comes in a couple hundred points lower. We're on some long-term technical analysis, some long-term trend lines that go back all the way 80 years, right around this 13,000 area. So it's kind of one of those things. Crude oil, buy 87.50. You know, I would assume crew is going to go to $95 again. You know, as we go into the August-September period, it usually tends to gather some strength. And I would assume that, that uh, gold's going to act okay here, 1600 1650 Some guys are saying it's going back to 3000 Don't know. Supports 1609 $1,610. Starts to close under today's low next week. It, it could fall down some. The dollar is acting okay 8280, probably bounded by 8350 on top and 8150 on the downside, and let it chop away. We'll bring Mike King in here now. Mike, welcome from Princeton Research. If you could give your economic analysis of what the uh, data that came out today, and and uh, we would appreciate that. You know that Bernanke and Draghi, Mario Draghi, uh, went to the same university in America. They're both PhD economists from MIT. I bet. Isn't that amazing? And they talk regularly on the phone. I guess that's no surprise. No, not at all. Huh. And they're um, they're both doing a great job, I think. Well, very, yeah, does markets... Very tedious times. Yes, very, very tedious. But, uh, you know, the Fed could unveil some new programs, mainly in buying mortgages, all of which helps the housing area. Well, goodness knows this area and your hometown, Michael, in Las and we, Vegas. And Charles is certainly UCL. long. He's long the USG, which would benefit huh? uh, from the use of materials by the housing industry. Well, we spoke about that last week, uh, Charles. You mentioned it, and um, no, that, that's that's you know sixteen dollars. It's, it's holding up pretty well. You know, and hats off to Charles and his neighbors for finding that German U-boat off Boston the other day. Oh gosh. That that's that's been there for a long time. Yeah, you know, and they, and they found and, interesting and, stuff. Yeah, it is interesting that it, it took this long to find it. Yeah. So USG is uh, Charles is a materials and construction company, and it makes wallboard, plus, and so uh, US Gypsum. Yeah, uh, we US talked Gypsum. about them the other right, night. Yeah, right. yeah. So you know that that's holding up okay. Um, Home Depot was another one that looks real positive. It's been looking positive. It's not. How's Lowe's doing? Are they doing any better? I haven't even looked at Lowe's. You know, I, I, I just think that here, here, if we have higher gas prices, because the Feds in in Germany, in Europe, and the Fed here in the U.S. part of these extraordinary measures to boost the economies, including buying mortgages, printing money, and continuing to do what they can to support the economy and to avert any deflationary forces, ends up pushing up gas prices and things, especially into the August and September time frame is when gas tends to make a high. So with 290 front-end unleaded gas today, that means 380 oh, yeah. at the pump. So $4, 450 gas again, less people going out to, say, McDonald's or, and higher food prices based on corn and things, maybe more staying home. Better for Home Depot, more things like that. That's kind of a thinking. Stay home. Home Depot's at the highest price it's been in over 10 years. Yeah, so it's that kind of surprise, right. Mike. More, and, and so you'll probably see less homebound activity because at $4 a, a gallon gas, a lot of folks will stay home. Now, not you know, those are, that's kind of what's been happening. And, and that's Home Depot looks good on a chart. I mean, you know, that's okay. That's, you want to buy. Uh, and that's yeah. the quickest way. Of regaining employment is through the housing sector and construction. Oh yeah, 
Yes. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. You know, it, what's very interesting, though, is you do look at a few cities. Like, uh, you know, when we were down at the Marlins game the other day, and, you know, that's all you see in Miami is cranes. I mean, obviously, there are some places that are still building like crazy. They're going to. But, you know, it's like some of the, if you want to call us bedroom communities, of course, Vegas is not a bedroom community, but, you know, uh, the bedroom communities in Las Vegas, like North Las Vegas or West Las Vegas or even Henderson, well, they're not, though. I mean, that that was all part of the bubble. And now that's got to come back. Well, they're going to... You know what they're doing in Ireland? They're tearing down the the places. They're they're going out and actually going to bulldoze over these huge subdivisions, two, three thousand homes that no one wants to live in. They're just going to go out and bulldoze over. Wow. That's Ireland, huh? Wow. Well, Well, that's right. And so here in the U.S., construction looks to be okay. The economic data that came out one two percent, you know, growth. Okay, um, Mike, you, any ideas? Well, we had we had unbelievable reports this morning. You know, really surprising. I mean, the Chicago purchasing managers report was fifty three point seven. Yeah. And consumer confidence sixty five point nine. Those are amazing. And all numbers. all it did was all it did was send the market lower. Consumer confidence focused at sixty five. That's, yep. Those are well. I mean, we're up a hundred points in a week. No, no, I'm I'm okay. No, I mean, Charles, where where do you see um, the uh, so you see the so the news the news the PMI numbers are actually pretty good. Yeah. The the uh, too good. The consumer good for the Fed to do anything, huh? You too say good yeah, too, good, to maybe too good, maybe too good for the Fed to Ooh. do anything. So okay. what do you mean? No quantitative. I mean, the market easing? the market was unchanged to a couple of cents lower before that stuff came out, uh, and it's done nothing but sell off. So you mean you want and the bad numbers news were good for the stock market to go up, Charles? Well, you know, bad but not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is what is bad and not terrible? So you the stronger uh, you know, economy. Means that investors will think less likely that the Fed has to do any more quantitative easing, exactly, and pulls back on their. I mean, uh, you would think with consumer sentiment and the PMI number that came out, that you know you wouldn't have liquidation uh, pretty much across the board in both stocks and commodities. I mean, you got oil down over a dollar. Right. You got gold, which was beginning to look pretty good. You know, doing nothing. And slightly lower. The silver was up fifty some odd cents yesterday, yeah. and was up a little this morning. And as soon as the number came out, it went down. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, well, like I, think I said, buy good, oil but, on but bad but not terrible would would definitely be yeah. more towards the market's liking. I think. So is it true? Although you know, the Dow is still down. Yeah. It's only down about twenty right yeah, now. Right here, it's coming it? back. But uh, you know, the funny thing is that when things get as quiet as they are right now in the market, both volume-wise and, and, you know, after the volatility that we had the end of last week and, and the activity to the upside, you know, I don't know why we even talk about down 48 or right. up 19. or I mean, they're rounding errors right. in a 13,000, right. um, you know, in a 13,000 index. That's exactly right. That that sounds pretty, pretty much right on the numbers here. Same with gold. But you know, you know. You, we have to pay the people at CNBC and and Fox uh, Financial and everything, so they have to talk about something. That's right. So so uh, the economic data this morning was deemed as uh, constructive, and the market's a little bit lower, which is okay. Excellent economic data. Uh, personal and, and I think they moved up. Personal spending was zero. Okay. I'm sorry. So personal spending was no change. Right. So consumption is pretty much flat, and PCE PCE core prices up a hair, so there's nothing going on there. Employment cost index is up a frac, up is at 0.5 percent, and so the PMI actually was pretty good. And we have the um, auto sales and uh, truck sales come out tomorrow. 
and uh, we'll find out what those do tomorrow afternoon. And yeah, uh, you know, I over the weekend when I was looking at the charts, trying to you know find some trades, there are two groups that I end up writing the uh, name, the individual names down, but I always discard them, um, and the, because I don't like the macro look of them. And one of them is any company in China. Uh, because I just have a, you know, uh, there have been so many frauds and stuff. Well, there's I'm not a billion people there. They do have power. And the second group is retail. And some of the charts on retail, Abercrombie & Fitch, uh, American Eagle, Coach, they all looked great. And, you know, having looked like they made bottoms and were starting back up, well, you know, I discarded them because, as I said, I, I don't like the macro view. And you have the, you know, uh, the coach came out with very disappointing numbers. And the stock is, you know, 50 down 10. Um, and I think, you know, I, it, it's become more, I think, of a market of stocks and oh, a stock God. picker's yeah, market than, you know, than buying groups. Right, you know, and being satisfied with them. So you don't like so, Coach? Coach just dropped just completely. No, it fell off. Well, the it's table. not that I don't like Coach. I do like Coach, but I, I don't like. like retail in general. So you know, you're not you happy with spending, retail when you have spending unchanged, right? And you know, employment not really gaining, okay. and commodity prices generally to extremely higher. Right. You know. Retail doesn't do it for me. Okay, it's interesting so, you guys are. You talking know, that's about, the only reason I discard it. Yeah, it's really interesting you're talking about retail right now because, like, Florida is about ready next weekend to go into its tax-free weekend. Well, not normally. Too. Normally, that's trumpeted big time on the news. No one has said a word about next Why is weekend that? yet. I don't know. Oh, they're I too mean, busy uh, with the Olympics. You think? Uh, no, no, no. Elections? Hey, is it speaking of the Olympics? Is it really true that uh, the only language CDs, Rosetta Stones, that you can get in Greece and Turkey and uh, and in Spain right now is German? Is that? It might is, be. Is that, Probably. <laughs> I would. Be, I would recommend that, that to. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend that to those countries that may be their current oh, language down the road. Uh, yeah. You know. Unbelievable. I, you know, I mean, I've said it. I've said it before, kind of tongue in cheek. You know, but uh, you know, there's no no reason why Germany, uh, why you can't look at Germany as taking over, uh, you know, the rest of Europe uh, without an army or weapons or bloodshed. Uh, they're going to be a couple of generations away, guys. They're going to get huge concessions, and and frankly, they should. They're not. You know what? Here, it's probably not going to happen. Why? Because Makes sense. Too much, because you're still only a couple. Uh, you're still too close to World War Two. I understand that, but and so you, in order to have political, in order to have Europe unified under one umbrella of of governing, you're going to have all have to have a political unification, and that's probably 50 years away. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And so you have to do this money thing and this monetary unification, and who knows and. Uh, there's there's too much noise. Uh, and you know what? As much as I'd like to believe in what Draghi is saying, uh, you know, my attitude is still the same until I'm shown differently. Uh, but, you know, Europe talks all the time and then postpones and postpones and postpones. And, uh, you know, I mean, they have, you know, they, you, have, you have to look at the difference between us and them. We've only been here um, as you know as a country. We're a very young country. That's and true. The fact that we do, and the fact that we identify a problem and go about solving it right away is you know kind of a younger country kind of attitude. You know, you're talking about people who are, are generation. Just too close, used guys. to right. the long game, regardless. Right. And they're in no rush. No. Uh, you know, frankly, I, I'd like to believe it because, you know, I'm happier in a bull market than a bear market. But uh, I don't see Europe doing and anything. As far, and as far as, as far as if, if, you have to go, Mario Draghi is going to do what he can to 
under his mandate. And so I was going to say he's going to do what he can. And what he can is, right. is not necessarily what's necessary. Uh, he can have all the best of intentions. Right. The, the Japanese central banks have been saying they're going to always do what they can. And it's been for the last 12, 13, 15 years. Now, yeah. the Japanese economy was holding up okay. There's a difference, though, between the economy and their stock market. Japanese economy yeah. is growing, and it's at whatever it is. It's now the third in the world because China overtook it, but it's hanging there, growing at whatever, 1% or 2%, or over the last 10 years, whatever average. But their stock market has dropped 50% in value in the last 12 years. And that's not including the top in the 80s. From there, it's down 80%. Well, so yeah. there's... Uh, you know, yeah. I, I kind of hate, hate to mention it and put us in the same boat as them. But look at the NASDAQ. That's no better. The NASDAQ is... But you know what, Charles? We've come up here, to, to, and we said we were going to... A couple years ago, we said we're going to get a good doubling or tripling of the NASDAQ, and he has. Okay. Yeah. And now we're here. And it has. Right. Now but we're here. But it's still down 40%. Right. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, you look at the NASDAQ versus the Dow or the S&P. I mean, you know, we're within striking distance of all-time highs in both. Right. The NASDAQ, the NASDAQ needs more work. is still down 40%. Still, I, technology has still got some nice – I like technology, though. Are there any financial concerns that we were joking about a little bit earlier about what's going on in India right now? I no. Mean, of course, the international reporting of our lovely television networks here in the United States no. is, is almost zero. But that's not a concern? Why would it be? That's uh, Well, if you've got an unstable power grid, you know, you think about grid, it, uh, you you know where did problem. all of those call center jobs right. go? Exactly. Yeah. Why would we, why would we care? You know, the, the opportunity to maybe grab some of them back? You'll find the market won't worry about it until it's something that's shown right in front of them at this point. Because in our that work, the stock investors are and and the, and the, we're looking at quantitative easing coming again in September. That's where people are expecting it, um, and of course the central bank. So they're looking at more money being printed, and uh, that's going to be a you know fundamentally the fundamentals are okay. Like Mike said, the PMI numbers are good. So here in the U.S., the U.S. is the best-performing stock market in the world. One of them, I think Malaysia and Indonesia are doing very well. Uh, Mexico looks real good. The Indian stock market has been down. It's up the last few days, uh, the Indy 50. But, these, you know, Brazil's been weak. Spain's been weak. Uh, you know, the, the Spanish banks are in terrible shape still. But, you know, I mean... Remember, these things are down from, you know, half the value they were a year ago. And so I think some of the stocks like Charles spoke about, USG, what Mike mentioned, focus on some of these housing housing companies, look for a recovery in housing over the next, from here out. Yeah, it'll be slow. It'll be interesting to see slow, what a Pulte and a uh, Lenar slow, and people slow like that. And, and I take a balanced approach to investing and go to PrincetonResearch.com for that information for, for the weekly market strategies. But the Eurozone is going to do what it's going to do. What are we going to do about it? Is there a big risk? <laughs> you know, the Euro's at 122, 123. What's it going to do? Gonna go but to you have to give them credit. Their leaders... Like, look at the French president, Holland, Francois Holland. Uh, right or wrong, they're taking concerted action. Right. They're not waiting around. No. He's already, you know. he's already collected a lot of money towards paying down the French debt. Well, they should. They're moving fast. And they should move fast in this country, too. We're going to have In this tax. country, there's a stalemate. Taxes are going to go up. It's a political stalemate. And, 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 you know, we have the sequester coming out, so who knows what that's going to be. Here's the big thing. Here's how I look at the stock market. Charles, maybe you can disagree or agree with me. We're almost done with earnings, right, Charles? Yes. Okay, now we're going to go into what? Uh, the central bank ideas over the next two weeks, and then we're going to move into very quickly into what type of, of market. It's one that's going to follow 
the elections. <laughs> right? So as we get through into August and September, we're going to be very focused on the political situation here, in my opinion. What do you think, Charles? Am I, am I on the right uh, track? You know, I agree with you. I just don't know, you know, which end is up from my perspective on what the election is actually going to mean. The American cliff? Well, we're not. Are we We'll solve everything. The Congress will solve everything in January. That's too late. Yeah, maybe. January. But that will be too late. Now, here's the thing. If Obama wins, status quo. Solve everything in January. He'll get some of his way. He'll have a fight. Depends on what the Senate does. But status quo on monetary policy and large government spending. If Romney wins, one thing what might change is you won't get Fed forecasts past 2014. Because that's he's when, toast. Because that's when Bernanke's term ends and you may end up having a new Federal Reserve president at that point. Because Bernanke, Bernanke and Romney may not disagree on the policy moves, although we don't know that. But Romney has said he would prefer somebody different. He said that in his primaries. So you have to go back and look at some of the promises made. So we don't know. So there is uncertainty. So that's one thing the political thing will cause is some uncertainty as to who's going to get elected and what the policy yeah, is. And, and frankly, it's the only thing that the market hates. Right. The market doesn't care about good news or bad news. Right. Uncertainty is always and, the problem. And so in uncertainty, yeah, yeah. And during uncertainty, you have to have a balanced approach. Best way to have that Go to PrincetonResearch.com, get the weekly market strategies. That's the easiest thing to do. And Charles, how's the performance this year on your option trading? We're up roughly 110%. Yep, there you go. And, and just so that people really uh, understand what right. that, just so that people really understand what that means, um, that means that a $10,000 investment the first of the year is now worth roughly $21,000. But what it doesn't mean is that we lever up and use all that money. No, lever. Not. Lever up. We have to talk like the Europeans do because yeah. we're we, going we, that way with that, the Obama and, and Lever it up. Oh, and man. so <laughs> it's, not that we're, it's not that we're continuing to gain based on the value of the account. It's that we're continuing to gain based on the initial money invested. So you don't increase your risk. You don't increase no. your levered risk, levered risk, let's right. call it. Your quant let's just say this. You don't increase your amount of risk because the money's being made. Right. We do not. So you're just taking we, a straight $10,000 if, if people look at what we do as far as the size of new positions, the size of new positions tends to stay almost exactly the same regardless of how much we're, and, we're up and, in the market. So you're not doing, you know, you don't want to increase your, because you want to keep things balanced. You want to just continue on and, and, and plot well, along uh, as if it's a $10,000 account and let the profits accumulate and don't, and don't start playing games like it's 20000 because then you can get take right. a whack and lose Even though it is $20,000. Right. But in your mind... You know, it's the false uh, feeling of doubling down. You know, you double down enough times, you get beat. You mean like? Uh, so we take that we take that out of the equation. When okay. we take a position on for six or eight hundred or a thousand dollars in the options only account, uh, you know, we have a defined risk by virtue of the fifty percent down rule, which means if anything goes down fifty percent, it must be sold. So you have an option. You, uh, you put an option on, and, and you buy a call or a put in an X Y Z stock for. Five hundred dollars, and it loses two fifty of that five because options you you have a limited risk. You just you only buy if you're buying an option. You risk your pay five hundred. 
And you're saying right. if the risk goes from five, well, you know, sometimes goes sometimes from 500 it's five hundred, sometimes it's eight hundred. Whatever depends upon my degree of certainty. But yes, we do not make bigger commitments. We keep a steady program, both balanced and um, definitely we rein in the amount of risk on a per trade basis. And you can get the options trades at weekly at, at PrincetonResearch.com using the weekly market strategies newsletter. You sign up for a subscription and from there you can get the text updates also and then you're kept informed with all the ideas every every uh, Monday morning prior to the markets open and then throughout the week and through the text messaging service. So that's good. And you don't want to increase your risk any. And if you have a 50% drawdown on an option purchased, then you take it's a loss. And if you have a 100% profit, you take half of the profit. You take half of it off. And then let the rest right. ride. There, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it sounds great. That's and how do you get the updates, Charles? You send the word updates, U-P-D-A-T-E-S, to 69302. So if you have a subscription to the Weekly Market Strategies Newsletter, you, you have to have a subscription. Right, and then you send, sign up for the updates. And it's only $10. It's really the, here, $10 a month. $10 a month. Three gallons of gas. Well, maybe. No, no It might be two. Maybe two. It might be two gallons. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, it, it's funny because if you um, listen to one of the guys that, um, you know, I, I really like, um, my mind is a blank now. I can't remember his name. The guy who writes the uh, letter, who's a big commodities guy, Gartman, Dennis oh, yeah. Gartman. You know, he always talks about he likes he likes gold, but he he doesn't like it in dollar terms. I said in he likes else it terms, in right. euro terms right. or yen terms because right. those are depreciating currencies, which means the price is even higher there. You know, we're going to start talking about the market letter. You know, uh, in, in terms, terms of gallons, gallons, per gallons month. of gas. Gold <laughs> has done something, and I will say this: gold has done something in the last six months that it hasn't done for a while, and it has moved into a sell signal on the long-term charts for me on a monthly basis. Meaning that I have some, huh. I have some particular moving averages that I watch, and they have crossed to the downside. Silver crossed to the yes, really correct. Now, it may stay there, it may go back up, it can putts around. Now, the Russell Index has also crossed to the downside on the monthly long-term averages for me. They're very, very minutely crossing to the downside, but we did the same thing back in October 2007. Oh, don't even go there. Are we you did the serious? Same. I'm very serious. The transport index has done the same thing. It's crossed to the downside, but it's been relatively flat after doing that. The NASDAQ yeah. is not. It's a very positive still on the long-term on the long-term averages on the monthlies, but the NASDAQ started to give those crossing over to the downside in November of 2000, didn't turn back up until three years later, crossed back again in 2000. Uh, the NASDAQ didn't cross to the downside in 2008, three or four months after the Russell. The S&P is not in this is that in that pattern, okay? The Dow is not in that pattern, but usually the Russell will go first and the transports will go first. I'll tell you what else is is okay. formed a pattern that it hasn't formed in a really long time, unless you happen to look at it in a mirror backwards and upside down. The banks, the bank stocks, have all it looks like, put in fairly major bottoms, which doesn't mean that, you know, right. everything in the economy is, uh, you know, hunky-dory. But the fact of the matter is, these things have put in a bottom. And the reason that I bring it up is because we have several positions in the financials. We have some Bank of America calls, and no. we also have J.P. Morgan, and we've been writing options against And I like that idea. Morgan. How do you do that? Now, Charles? last week, we'll last week we only took in twenty dollars versus the hundred and fifty shares of J.P. Morgan that we write about, which is about um, I don't know seven and a half cents a share. However, J.P. Morgan was up three dollars last week, 
So on the 150 shares, we were roughly $450 better off. And you and can you explain the, the idea? And this is a good this yeah. Is good, that, why coming from Charles? Because Charles has been doing options since probably uh, I think since they didn't exist. Did they, since well, they didn't <laughs> exist as an organized market. They pro probably right. Okay, uh, probably the 70s, and that's when the first options exchange even came around. So Charles, the I, the, the premise of writing a call, and that, what do mean by what does write a call mean for those listeners out there? Uh, that so don't we know. have we have a position in a stock. Okay. J.P. Morgan, let's call it that. Right, in J.P. Morgan. Well, you know, one of the main reasons that we do it in J.P. Morgan is because the stock is substantially lower than it has been recently, but it also pays a dividend. Writing the options does two things. You're selling a call against your position. I sell them out of the money. Which and you have to, you really want to own... If J.P. Morgan is 35, I don't write anything less than a 36. And that puts you at the table of the dealer at the blackjack table because you are basically... Right. It means that if the stock closes over 36, so even at 36.01 on the day that the options expire, I lose the stock. But we're in the stock with an average price of uh, just under 35. So they can take and your stock so away. if we lose the stock at 36, we're making a dollar on it. Plus, by giving someone the right to buy it from us at 36, they've paid us there you go. a premium. Ooh. So a couple of weeks ago, we wrote the uh, 35s, and we got 70 cents for them, 35, 35 uh, cents times two. So seventy cents, which is seventy cents per share, which is seventy dollars. So uh, the stock went down a little. We kept the seventy dollars, and nobody wanted to exercise the option against us because the stock was under. And you're doing this as the, as, as the stock plots around between a, a, a narrow range, exactly, and wastes time, exactly. and you and he, and it erodes the options, and and you're willing, to, and you have to do this if you own the stock. Because yeah, you, you have to own the stock. Sell, well, I mean, uh, yes, you you, you have, have to own, own the stock, stock in order, order to, to have this. what is called a covered, covered right. Great, great thought. In other I, words, I like it's it. covered by stock. Right. Uh, you know, if you you know, people speculate by selling options. Now, that what happens then? We do. <laughs> Orange County. Anyway, <laughs> that's what happens then. So, so if you sell so the, the call, you don't is, own the stock, and the stock takes off like a rocket ship, you got to go buy back the stock. And then you're in trouble, right? It's called, it's called Rikers right. Island. So you want to own the stock in order to do this properly for those right. at home that but are listening. But the yield, I don't, I don't know what the actual yield is on J.P. Morgan, yep. but um, in a week where we made $70 on, on writing it, that was 1.3%. Right. So you're trying to accumulate a our stock investment. And Last week was smaller, but we've been doing this pretty much every week. And how much percent what, do you think you can get when you do something like this in a proper manner? What do you well over the year, over a course of the year, Charles, in your experience, you try to get an extra ten or fifteen percent from your holdings yes. that way? Yeah. Wow. Because sometimes a couple of weeks ago I bought the option I sold the options at fifty one cents and had to buy them back. Uh, at a dollar one and lost a hundred dollars on yeah. the transaction. Right. But the reason that I lost a hundred dollars on the option side of the transaction is because the stock was higher. Good. So we lost a hundred dollars on the options, but the stock was up two and a quarter points that week, about three weeks ago. Up two and a quarter points that week on 150 shares is a gain of you know 375 dollars. So the net gain for the week was still 275. We still maintain the position. We are still entitled to the dividend on the stock. Right. And so, as a covered right, you know, it's kind of the best of all worlds. And if we write it and I don't buy them back and we lose the stock, it's okay. You're making money in the stock. We can start all over again. Right. Wow. That's right. This is a tactic that is generally good in a choppy market. And, and where you have a defined you have a defined channel that the stock right. stays within. And 
you sell the options near the high and you buy them back. Well, to, we actually, last week was the first time I bought any back. Right. Um, but most of the time, they just expire worthless. Yeah. Now, you guys always seem to talk, uh, get around to talking about Apple. Has, Apple. You know, speaking of noise. The Apple of your is this, Yeah, is this lawsuit going to do anything to them? Apple's fine. No. No? Well, $6, maybe it is and maybe it isn't. But if you think about it, what's going to happen is somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And then there's going to be an appeal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and somebody's going to yeah. win and somebody's going to lose. Then there'll be another there's going to be another appeal. <laughs> unless they <laughs> have some sort of, court. Unless they have some oh, sort of, yeah. uh, you know, an agreement that they can hammer out. The bottom line is it's just noise. Apple yeah. 608 today, it held up pretty well at 570. Wow. Oh, the, you know, the, uh, the Apple stock did something that it does all the time before, um, before it takes off in one direction or the other, which is it be, uh, the volatility just completely comes out of it. Yeah. You start to see, instead of seeing, you know, six-point six range days, which is barely 1%, uh, you start to see two-and-a-half and, and three three-point ranges, and the stock gets very quiet, yep. and then it comes out either on the top or the bottom. Well, this time it came out on the top, and you know that was around uh, 588, I believe, and now the stock is 20 bucks higher. How about the auto stocks, Charles? I'm GM. Which, I don't like uh, them. I don't like them. Don't trade them. General Motors is 19, so that's just a mess. Okay. Yeah, General Motors. You know how can you how can you own a stock? With, you know, a billion of shares overhang because the government and the taxpayers own it. Okay, so that's a dead issue there. Ford Motor Company stock. Ford Motor, looks you, know, okay and, um, you know, I give Ford, I give Ford a lot of credit. Me too. Me too. Uh, based on the fact that they're the only one who didn't need and didn't take any bankruptcy um, uh, protection, and I think the company's done well for themselves, given that they didn't wipe out any and all debt the way that GM did, the way that Chrysler did as a private company. Um, the, the, uh, I also saw an interview with the youngest Ford, I think it's Bill, who is the youngest member of the family to be in the family business, and he's come up through the ranks. Right. I like, yeah. I, I just was, and I'm very, he's stock. very focused. Yeah. He's very, he's optimistic, but not. So seven dollars you know, or something like that, Charles. Let him pl plow it down against some more and go pick some up at seven yeah, bucks. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, the, what amazes me, and and knowing a couple of Ford, Ford curious, dealers, you know here, what I mean. That's all. That you know, you you hear the the different philosophy in that company, <clears> and it, and it does go. Young Bill Ford. Uh, I happened to uh, run into him a while ago at a bowl game, as a matter of fact, in Detroit, and uh, which they sponsor. And uh, yeah, very very sharp, sharp individual. Very sharp individual. Okay, so we yep. got we got some and 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 not stuck in a mold with an attitude about doing anything in particular. Yeah, you know, he guy. wants to do he wants to see that it works and he wants to do what works. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of preconceived notions no. about you know what they should do. Um, you know, he's a he's a very impressive guy. And, and Mike, anything you're 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 looking at the housing market and you're looking at construction. Mike, any any uh, um, housing stocks you will take a look at or something you've looked at over the past few days or just a general feeling. So you think investors should should look at the housing and and construction for over the long term three to five years from now so if, for to hold well, I'm saying that housing is an area that creates a lot of employment okay not just housing all the ancillary areas of furniture and carpet and everything else is needed for for home building so it's We've important been, that they do that in so a downtrend for so long yeah any rebound in this area is going to help employment oh, okay and the fact of the matter but, is Mike isn't isn't housing one of the biggest multipliers on the basis of jobs and revenues generated no within an industry? It. Yeah. No question about it. So we need a housing market the to key, pick up. The key is to get members of Congress 
to stand up. And that's the key. So, well, are there any other keys, Mike? So, oh, that's a losing you members of Congress do anything? Yeah, that's a losing oh, You know what? Let me tell you something. The thing about... But they do have a new caterer in the congressional uh, dining oh. room. Look, so do Congress yeah. told Bernanke a week ago, or that Senate did, they're the only game in town to get to work. So basically the Senate advocated its responsibilities and picked up and right. went on vacation. Yep. I know. Well, Mike, what would you suggest to Congress? Any, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be serious here. What should they do? You're the economist. What should they do? We need a plan. Um, you can't have automatic tax hikes. That's what creates the cliff that everybody's so worried about. So you want to? You think that this this fiscal cliff perception or this reality, they have to come to some conclusion over the next two or three months into the election year? How are they going to do that, Mike? It's it's easy. Well, what, it's easy. Go. Cool. It just takes somebody to stand up and uh, for the economy. Somebody has to step out. Talk up the economy well, like which one, which, like Mario Draghi did. Well, I mean, the economy is key to uh, to fiscal health. I know, but America. which kind? Which, which is there a voice you would take? You would pay particular close attention well, to. Well, the ultimate How's that voice. Sound? What voice? The ultimate voice would say something like this, and it would be Ben Bernanke speaking, and it would be saying, "Are you guys kidding?" We're not, the Fed is not in the business, does not have a mandate or a mission statement that says anything about creating jobs. Well, no, but it's he already guys, said it did. It's, it's your guys. But he, he put that on the, he put that in his, they've made it, a, the Fed has made it a policy to promote to be able to create, they, they, they've done this already, Charles. He's put himself in that spot by, by studies. The ECB doesn't have um, as much in the way of politics. I don't want to talk. I'm talking about the, any, any politician, guys. They, they, like, we, wouldn't this bank president, uh, his name is Weideman. Right. He's, he's very unhappy with what Draghi has done. Right. But it, does, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be someone unhappy. Well, the, in order for the, in order for Draghi to do what he needs to do to the utmost, Spain but has someone to. Someone in America has to stand up beside somebody okay. right. who's not running for an office. Has to stand so up. So who? What politician? It'd be more impressive if it was somebody running for an office. Well, here, any name. Bill Clinton. There you go. Okay. No, I'm so, I, you, no. You, there you go. Laughing, but no, I'm not laughing. Yeah. I, you know, Clinton he's a has statesman. Already, Bill Clinton has already made some suggestions. Okay. He made a, I, I mentioned it on the radio show three or four months ago, his suggestion how to help the housing policy by giving everybody underwater mortgages. Are we starting to see that as becoming part of the administ current administration's focus? Are we starting to see those... Mike, yeah, no. I have seen no, nothing current, coming out of the, the current, current administration. administration. Mike has seen nothing. The current nothing. Keep an eye for it, though. Keep an eye for it. Okay. The current administration has no agenda. Sure, they do. To be reelected at this point, right? In time. The current administration the current, is yeah, agenda. Very little in the way of leadership. The current right administration now. agenda. You're right, Is Mike. to push energy prices as high as you can through the EPA to foster green energy. It has been doing that. Yep. It hasn't changed that since Nothing before he got elected. That's and the whole the whole Congress is. has been doing this for the last five or six years. That's our focus. Has anybody talked about Simpson Bowles in the last six months? Um, a couple of people on CNBC have discussed it, and a couple of people have said, um, yeah, we agree with it. It's a great framework, but it's not the answer. There's stuff that has to be done. <sighs> Just the same way that Dodd-Frank may have a structure, but in fact, Number one has no why isn't Simpson Bowles a good way and to do something? It has all of these. It has all of these provisions, and for lack of a better way of putting it, it's the named provision. Do you have a camera like handy, Charles? The Volcker rule. Next time CNBC um, shows you know, the corn all, price, all, all of these things it's down today. They haven't even written. They haven't even written 
what they are. They've given yeah. an outline. <sighs> and so there's more, again, more uncertainty. So fiscal cliff is a problem. Watch for, for some... Uh, Mike says we need somebody to stand watch up in Washington, D.C. Of, 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 of on the political side for those that are going to try to arrest the fiscal issue or ideas. And Bill Clinton had great ideas several months ago, but none of them have come, and they're not hearing any further. So we're in a political stalemate now. Well, where Charles, it's, where Charles it's, is it's living... No uh, different. It's no different than last year's political stalemate at exactly this same point in time where the Congress couldn't get its act together. And we got an S&P downgrade as a result, and it took the market down a couple hundred points. Exactly, Michael. But more than than anything else, it destroyed confidence in leadership. Because the average guy sees these people talking back and forth and back and forth and saying absolutely nothing and is, not doing anything about the problem. It's a confidence about. issue. Well, now it's we're, not we're, a confidence issue slash financial cliff slash energy policy slash policy. housing policy. It's a lack of confidence, period. And well, it permeates. Yep. It permeates through the entire economy. When the you know when Joe Average loses his confidence, yeah. he doesn't and, and spend as much money. So he doesn't. That's why retail looks so crappy. Balanced approach to investing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go to PrincetonResearch.com. Get the weekly market strategies newsletter. Then you can sign up for the updates after you sign up for the subscription. All you have to do is buy two to three less gallons of gas per month. That's it. That's it. Right. A couple of Big Macs. Stay home and read Five the letters. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, stay $1. home and read the letter. Yeah, something like that. But that's a good idea. That's the way to do it. Yeah. That's and and, and for that you're going to get all this knowledge and all these ideas. And we don't want to go into every one of them here because then we'll just be giving away the stuff for nothing. And frankly, they don't all work. No. But on balance, they do. A hundred and ten percent. In the options only. Better than nothing. And better than, not uh, too shabby, 41.7% in a long-term through the beginning of this week. In does the does anybody remember LBJ, how he of came course. out to eliminate poverty? Well, we all know you can't eliminate poverty, but <laughs> he stood up for something. Yep. Right. Yep. All right, guys. It's been a great great hour. Thanks, Mike King, for Princeton Research and Charles Moskowitz for coming on the show today. Go to PrincetonResearch.com, get all the information there, and please sign up for a copy of the Princeton Research Weekly Market Strategies at the website PrincetonResearch.com. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye now. And we will be back on Thursday evening right here on WPSL Port St. Louis.